0: I am taking you for the ride of your life. I'm going to you this car is. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up.
1: I am the monster that breathing men
0: would kill. It might be a tumor. It's not a tumor. I go out of my way for you. I do everything to try and make you happy. I feed you, I
1: clean you, I dress you, and what thanks do I get? I am so so sorry. Are you fucked? Are you fucked? I am the writing on the wall, the whisper in the classroom.
0: Without these things, I am nothing. So now I must shed innocent blood. Dinner is smooth. Save yourself
1: from hell. Listening to the Thirty Something Movie Podcast. One movie each week, thirty years in the making. (laughs) It is the Thirty Something Movie Podcast. And it's the end of October, so maybe I'll just use this voice the entire time. <laughs> so, anyway. So you're,
0: good, you're, you're, you're good at that voice. If I tried a voice like that, it would just not be good.
1: Yeah. It would well, be I mean, like. It would, is, it would this be This is like, more of my natural voice, so we'll just go with that the whole time.
0: <laughs> I don't even think about trying to escape.
1: <laughs> I don't even think about trying to escape. Yeah. Um, practicing the Mickey Mouse voice for when we go to Disney because there know, it is that seems like the right thing to do. <laughs> Hi, voice course. Boys. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh... learn to throw your voice. Fun at parties. Yes, yes. Well, we are the 30-something yes. movie podcast. What, no matter how high pitched our voices might be, uh <laughs> we are the 30-something movie podcast, and we are men—men men in tights, tight tights. Um yes which i think is coming up fairly soon for us. Um, oh yes. That will also be a fun one.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: it worked in Blazing Saddles. Um and then i have with me as always my faithful companion here Patrick. Hey hey everybody. Patrick who does not live under the stairs.
0: I do not live under the stairs. No.
1: no. Um but
0: yes we are the 30
1: something movie podcast and this is it is the final week of our October of our horror movie month. So it's, it's a little sad. I'm I'm always sad to see it go. I love horror movies. I love Halloween. I love this whole time of year. So I'm always a little, I mean, it doesn't mean you can't watch scary movies anymore, but it just feels like, like this is the, this is, this is the time. This is the right time for it.
0: I, it is. And we've talked about some good movies this month.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. No, it's, I mean, I mean you kind of get that feeling. You know how people get that feeling about fall and they're like, oh, pumpkin spice lattes and and all these, oh, pumpkin spice, everything. Everybody's all about the pumpkin spice. hmm I, I mean, it's just, it's that feeling. You know, it, it hits October. The temperature changes. The leaves begin to fall. Some people want their pumpkin spice. I want to see some people get slashed. You know what? You know, que sera, Whatever. sera.
0: Whatever floats your boat.
1: Whatever floats your boat, unless your boat is being eaten alive by a giant shark, in which case that's, yes. even, that's even better.
0: That's right. You may or may not that's need a bigger right. boat. That, you never know. Most likely. Or like, or like in the case of the movie last week, sometimes your boat floats, but you just have to jump off it. You know, I mean, it's like, it's all good.
1: Sometimes your boat floats, but you don't.
0: It's <laughs> That's
1: right. Mm -hmm. Well, as I said, we are the 30-something movie podcast, and we have come here tonight to talk about The People Under the Stairs, the Wes Craven movie from 91. Very quickly, we spoil the movies we talk about, so this is your warning. We are also part of the uh, Scene Stealers podcast network. Uh, There are a bunch of other shows that are part of this, so you might want to go check them out over there at www.scenestealersglobal.com um you can also check out scene stealers because they are an international convention agent where you can take a look at their their stars that they've got on their website movie and tv stars that are ready to be booked if you are heading up a comic-con or some type of an event so whether you you yourself work at or you know someone who works at a comic-con or sometimes i know like local libraries will do stuff uh to bring in you know a celebrity for you know, some kind of mini event or things like that. Um, and I, I believe a lot of these celebrities will may also do things over Zoom or things like that. So um, I would definitely reach out to them. They've got a great cast of uh, cast of characters from 80s, I think some 70s, 80s, 90s TV shows and beyond. Um, so go check them out, www.scenestealersglobal.com. And then visit our website, 30podcast.com, where you can rate our show, read other people's ratings that they've left, leave a voicemail, or become a co-executive producer via Patreon. Uh, Patrick, how are you doing?
0: Doing well, John. Doing well. Going through October. We're at the end. Talked Mm -hmm. about some exciting movies. Movies that are out of my comfort zone, out of my normal genre.
1: That's fine. And, uh, Mm
0: -hmm. you know, it's been a good time. I think it's pronounced Jean Ray. Is it Jean Ray? I
1: think it's pronounced Jean Ray.
0: Is that like Jean Grey? Yes. I'm down with that.
1: And like the Phoenix, she'll
0: burn you alive. Oh, yes.
1: Um, so yes, so we are talking the people under the stairs this time around. And uh, very, very quickly, before we move on to anything else, I did want to say a special thank you. We did mention uh, the co-executive producers via Patreon uh, thing there. There are extra episodes there. We put out an extra episode each month for anybody who is a co-executive producer on Patreon. That means if you are supporting the show at any level, there are levels of support where you actually get to come on the show or you get to tell us what to watch or things like that. Um, but if you are even just supporting us at like the moral support level, um, you know, we will, we've got a special page on our website where we will put your name up there. And, uh, th- this is just our way of saying thank you for that. Um, supporting us at any level at all, at all gets you access to those extra uh, episodes that we have every month. So, um, and there are a good 13 episodes so far built up in there. Um, and I know from time to time we have plans to do some extra ones as well. So, and not even just the monthly ones, but um, we may have some, some special ones that we'll throw up there as well. So thank you so much Man. to all of our co-executive producers that are on there.
0: Definitely. Many, 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 many thanks.
1: Pat, do we have anything else we need to talk about before we get into the people under the stairs? I'm trying to remember if there's any. I don't think so, John. Any newsworthy items or, or anything like that? I don't think no.
0: So.
1: Okay. All right. All right. Let's. Let's move on then, because we. I think it's we need to we people need to under in. the stairs. Time we need to get into this house and find out what's going on. Oh yes. All right. The title of this one is "The People Under the Stairs." It came out on the first of November, nineteen ninety-one. Uh, it was rated R. It has a runtime of one hour and forty-two minutes. Uh, it was directed and written by Wes Craven. Uh, mostly known for his uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movies, uh, but he did <laughs> actually he died in 2015. Forgot to mention that. Um, <clears throat> but he also directed The Last House on the Left, The Scream movies, and A Nightmare on Elm Street. He wrote Swamp Thing and Shocker, as well as you know several of his other movies. Uh, producers for this one were Stuart M. Besser and Marianne Madalena. Besser did Molly's Game and 310 to Yuma. Madalena did New Nightmare and Scream 2. Cinematographer was uh, Sandy Sissel, who did Master and Commander and Salam Bombay. Editor was James Koblentz. He did The X-Files and The Curse of Chucky. Music was done by Don Peake, who did The Hills Have Eyes and the TV series Knight Rider, the original Knight Rider. Budget for this one was $6 million. Box Office was $31.4 million. Flickmetrics gives it a 63%, and there was no cinema score for this one. Brandon Quinton Adams plays Fool. He was in The Sandlot and Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Everett McGill plays The Man. He was in Twin Peaks and Quest for Fire. Wendy Roby played Woman. She was in Twin Peaks and Were the World Mine. A.J. Langer played Alice. She was in My So-Called Life and Private Practice. Ving Rames played Leroy. Uh, he was in Pulp Fiction and, Mission Impos- and the Mission Impossible movies. Bill Cobbs played Grandpa Booker. He was in Demolition Man and That Thing You Do. Kelly Jo Minter played Ruby Williams. She was in The Lost Boys and Summer School. Jeremy Roberts played Spencer. He was in The Mask and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Connie Marie Brazelton played Mary. She was in the TV series ER and the movie Soldier. And Jan Birch played the Stairmaster, uh, not the exercise tool, but the main person Hmm. in the uh, People Under the Stairs. He was in a movie called Tale of Tales and Eternal Code. When young Fool breaks into the home of his family's greedy and uncaring landlords, he discovers a disturbing scenario where incestuous adult siblings have mutilated a number of boys and kept them imprisoned under the stairs in their large, creepy house. As Fool attempts to flee before the psychopaths can catch him, he meets their daughter Alice, who has been spared any extreme discipline by her deranged parents. Can Fool and Alice escape before it's too late? In every neighborhood... There is one house that adults whisper about and children cross the street to avoid. Now, Wes Craven, creator of A Nightmare on Elm Street, takes you inside. Something's in there.
0: We gotta get out of here, Leroy. All sorts of rumors about what goes on in that house. The police never took it serious. She's been feeding that thing between the walls again. Very, very tense about this. Ah! What goes on in this house is a sin. Ah!
1: But what goes on under the stairs
0: is a nightmare.
1: West Craven's The People Under the Stairs I'm, I'm going to assume, I think it's probably true for both of us, is this the first time you've seen this? First time First time, okay So first time we've both seen this movie before Um. And how does this movie make you feel, Pat?
0: Uh, Creeped Out. Okay. I'll leave it at that. Creeped Out.
1: All right. Um, yeah, what?
0: How does it make you feel?
1: How does it make me feel? I feel kind of funny. (laughs) Like (laughs) that time in gym. No. Um, (laughs) if that movie made you feel that way, then. Yeah. Like that time we had to climb the rope at gym class. Um. I'm going to say that this movie surprised me. Okay. And I, yeah, I want to say surprised now. I don't think I'm going to watch this movie again. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a repeat viewing for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't say that I was entertained by every moment Because there were plenty of times, there were plenty of times where I was like, "Didn't we just, didn't we just leave this party? Like, didn't we just? How many times can we crawl through the same walls?" So there were some of those moments where I was like, "All right, well, I mean, we're kind of we've been stuck in this house for a while, and we're kind of getting repetitive on, oh, the bad people caught us. Well, we got away. Oh, they caught us again. Oh, we got away." Um. So that was getting a little repetitive. But what surprised me was as I'm watching this movie and I, I should have known part of this from Wes Craven. Um but what surprised me was I was like, "Wow, this is actually a, a pretty good social commentary that I wouldn't have expected from a 1991 horror movie." Right. So that part of it I was interested in, like once that st- once that started to pick up and it was pretty clear, you know, what the movie was supposed to be about then i was like all right okay i i see what we got going on here i'm i'm down like i'm 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 paying attention um yeah i think as as a horror movie i think it was all right i think a lot of it was uh, the way some of it was treated how <sighs> do i want to say this um well here i'll i'll say it this way I felt like I, I felt like you said creeped out. I felt like I should have come into a West Craven horror movie and been genuinely scared by the terrifying situations that the characters are going to be put in. Okay. Whereas I felt that the two main characters, the brother and sister who were the mom and the dad. um, Yeah. I felt like those characters were too cartoonish. Mm-hmm. To the point where I was not scared I was more and maybe this is what you Meant by creeped out I was more creeped Out in the kind of like Ugh, Yeah that's That's a little skeevy um, Yeah kind of creeped out Not the ooh, Wes Craven The master of horror um, I kind of felt like I was watching an adult version Of uh, the old Adams Family TV show
0: Yeah Yeah uh, and, and like, not an adult version, just a sinister, well, for me, right. not an adult version, just like a sinister twisted. Yeah.
1: Right. Like, yeah. Like if, if, you know, Fox in the late eighties was going to do a remake of Adam's family.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that was, I, I said before we started recording, it was like that scene in point break when Keanu Reeves character, Utah decides to go surfing and he gets the board at the shop yeah. and Bodie looks at it and was like, well, uh, you definitely got yourself a surfboard. I mean, that's kind of how I felt. I watched it and I'm like, well, you definitely shot yourself a movie, you know? I mean, it's, that's kind of how I felt. It just, um, it, uh, yeah. Yeah. It, you said cartoonish, just kind of zany. Um, no real suspense, no real horror, just, uh, just, just, kind of violent creepy gory kind of stuff yeah so Um, that was my tip
1: yeah I I wanted to read you the first paragraph of an article that I had found when I was looking up some stuff earlier this is from 2015 um and so I think this is probably when it hit its 25th anniversary um or no 2015 that would have been 24th it it's my understanding there would be no math during the podcast um no, actually, I think the Blu-ray was coming out in 2015, so that's probably why they did this article. Uh, but it's from avclub.com. Mm-hmm. The headline of the article is, Wes Craven's The People Under the Stairs is a Timeless American Nightmare. And I wanted to read this first paragraph because it talks about um, it talks about why Wes Craven, as the writer and director, um, you know how this movie was inspired and you know, kind of where it all came from. And it says, uh, the writer-director says the movie was inspired in part by a dream he had one night and in part by a news item he read about a seemingly respectable family who'd kept their children locked up for their entire lives. The feral Mm. kids were found when a neighbor called the police to report a pair of dark-skinned burglars breaking into the house. Wes Craven savored the irony, a perceived threat to a placid middle-class neighborhood leading to the discovery of a more insidious evil. And he connected the story to his vision of a house that looks unassuming outside, but inside reveals a seemingly endless string of secret chambers and passages. So I think for him, the whole idea of somebody freaked out because they saw some dark-skinned people breaking into a nice white family's home. Okay. And yet inside the nice white family's home, something much more terrible was going on. So, so So it sounds like that's uh, the basis for some of his social commentary about, um, you know, how in lower class neighborhoods, the landlords taking advantage of the people living in lower class neighborhoods, uh, or lower income neighborhoods, and that there tends to be a racial difference in those situations. And, um, you know, so for that piece of it, like that to me was an, it was an interesting part of the movie.
0: Yeah. I, just, I guess I
1: just wish the, i wish the terror and horror part of it held up a little bit better
0: yeah and i guess if they were going the social commentary thing i guess i would have liked a little bit more connect the dots with that i mean you saw a little bit of that but it was kind of like thrown in there and then they were trying to do the horror thing like i i I was so confused like they, they were they all came marching on the house and you're the landlords that have been driving us out, but I, I didn't see the dots connected on that one. To be completely honest with you, like, I was kind of like, oh, they were, they were the landlords. Yeah. Oh, Oh, okay. Well, that's good. You know, I I mean, do a little bit more of the social commentary. Yeah. Um. If, it, I mean, I'm not saying that they weren't, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the heck I'm saying, but I guess, I, I see what you're saying. I think that makes sense. But just give us give us a little bit more of that. Yeah.
1: Well, and it's like and this this article actually makes a point. So I, I'm glad I was on the right track. Um, I had written down in my notes when I was watching the movie that it kind of felt like it was three different movies. Mm-hmm. And, and so to have this confirmed by somebody who, you know, writes about movies for a living was that was kind of nice. Yeah. Um, in my notes, what I wrote yeah. down was this, this feels like several different movies. This feels like a, um, you know, the, the kid is the, a fool. The kid, you know, you get from the very beginning, get the, the tarot card, and they're talking about the fool. And the fool is going through this journey to go from being a boy to a man. And, and so you get the idea that, okay, well, so we're going to have a story in which he, it's like a coming of age story for him. Like, okay, I can I can see that part of it. We're we're following him here at the beginning here. And he's gotta he's gotta somehow rescue his mom who's sick and his family who's gonna be evicted. Um, and he's gotta, you know, somehow, you know, make some money so that they can not be evicted and his mom can get the help she needs, uh, and get an operation. And mm-hmm. so so I'm thinking, Okay, well, that's how this movie's gonna go. And then you get into the house and you get the whole thing with Alice, the girl, um, you know, and she's she's been held captive there, she's never been outside the house and it's this like it's like, like this weird creepy domestic abuse thing because you've got the quote mom and the quote dad who are actually yeah. brother, brother and sister um, and so you got this whole like creepy family dynamic thing going on there. Um, right. And then when you get to the people under the stairs, it's almost like a full on zombie movie.
0: Yeah.
1: So it's kind of like... I, I felt like there were too many different things. There were too many different types of movies that this movie wanted to be. And none of them yeah. really, I feel like they all got started, but none of them really had a chance to develop very well.
0: Right, agreed.
1: And so while I enjoyed and I wanted to see more of, like you, I kind of wanted to see more of, of the whole idea of the social commentary. I'm like, okay, lean into that. Like go into with, even if you're gonna blend the stories together, You know, there are plenty of times where you can take a, you know, sometimes that's what several zombie movies have been, have been social commentary. So, fine, blend it with a, you know, coming of age story where this boy becomes a man and finds a way to save his family while involving these zombie people under the stairs. But it just kind of felt like it was, you know, fits and starts, I guess.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. That's kind of how I felt. I I just I didn't get the social commentary hitting me in the face. I mean, it and that's fine. Um, I didn't quite get like a ton of suspense and freak out. It was just more creepy and weird and that's fine. But that's just not my, my jam. So that's where I didn't really have much to say. I don't want to just sit and be right the movie or knock the movie, but mm-hmm. I was just kinda like not totally entertained.
1: Yeah. Well, and I love that first part. I, I thought it was hilarious. That first part where Fool and um, Ving Rames's character are breaking into the house, Leroy, um, when they're breaking into the house. And I thought that part was hilarious. You know, the two of them. You just, Agreed. I mean, Ving Rames, I think, is a funny guy anyway. Um, but, you know, him breaking into the house with this kid, um, you know, an adult teaming up with a kid to commit a crime. I think it's just kind of like a you know that in and of itself has has some definitely some funny moments.
0: Mhm. Agreed. Um
1: <laughs> and I, and I did like I mean it, one thing even if the movie falls a little flat for me uh, one thing that I know I can count on West Craven to do is give some really good dialogue or some really good one-liners.
0: Yes. Anything stick out in your mind?
1: Uh, there were a couple Uh, there was like one of the lines was um, you seen Spencer I said I was I was looking these up to make sure I get them right Um, you seen Spencer fool says I seen Spencer all right you find anything well something found him he's deadly Roy I, I think scared to death are you sure well you thought he was white before you should see that sucker now
0: yeah that was pretty funny.
1: But yeah, no, I mean a lot of, especially Fool. Okay, so now that's the part I am gonna, I'm gonna shine a light on this kid for a little bit because I did feel like um, Brandon Adams, who played Fool, the kid, um, I felt like he did a great job in his part. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, it, as I was thinking about, as I'm watching the movie, even the parts that weren't quite as interesting to me, where it was kind of losing me a little bit, I, there were the parts where just he, as the movie went on. It was like there, there was kind of a coming of age. He was going from being a little kid and how a little kid would react to things to he's a, he's delivering lines in this movie like you would give to Sam Jackson mm-hmm. or somebody like that. You know, Fool's, yes. Fool's thing is when uh, at, towards the end of the movie and uh, fool is sitting there and he's holding up the two wires that are going to set off the uh, dynamite. Mm-hmm. And then Fool's got that whole line of, okay, well, you shoot me and you die too, man. You better believe it. Mm-hmm. Don't be crazy now. There's enough dynamite back there to blow you sky high. Not the best place to store it, in my opinion, but there it was. So just put the gun mm-hmm. down.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then mm-hmm. he's like, put the gun down. I don't want to kill you, but I will because I don't like you much anyway.
0: That <laughs> mm-hmm. is pretty funny. But
1: he had, I mean, he had some great lines.
0: He had some great
1: lines in this movie.
0: Oh yeah. And, and that's where I think just watching it. I I mean, like you said, it was a movie of a bunch of different parts. For me, the most prevalent one was just kind of the chase hacker slasher kind of thing. So that's what I focused on. And you're right. He was definitely a high point of all that. Yeah. Um, You know, it was, it was entertaining.
1: To like the, the line i think the line if if you needed if you needed more direction that this movie had a social commentary message to it i did like when he finds the uh, gold coins and he finds all the money and his his first line is no wonder there's no money in the ghetto
0: mhm exactly now were they the landlords
1: yes Okay. Yeah, so the brother and sister were supposed to be the landlords and that their their family over the years had bought up land in the city and they had been, the idea was that they were buying up that land and then they were tearing it down and they were putting up office buildings and so people were getting run out of their neighborhoods and it being replaced with, not with other housing, but with businesses and things like that Got it. so that they could continue to make more money and
0: yeah. Got it and then murder kids yep. or whatever. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah.
1: So I mean I think <sighs> that's and I think that's the point he was trying to make. I think the point he was trying to make was that um you know, even though even though these are the people that are, you know, they might look like a normal family from the outside, you know, when all the cops come or when people first come to the door, it's they, they seem like, you know, this would be a normal house and a normal couple and everything. But what you don't know is that everything on the inside is pretty rotten. Right. Is that they're not normal because they're brother and sister, which is icky.
0: Ab yeah, to normal.
1: Say, to say the Abby normal. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's people inside the walls. Uh, one of the yeah. people inside the walls literally named Roach hmm. So, you know, that's, if that's a little on the nose, then. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, so, I mean, I think it's I think the I think the message of it all is kind of that message of trying to bring trying to bring awareness of issues of lower income neighborhoods and why those lower income neighborhoods are um, sometimes or oftentimes unable to mm-hmm. or why it's more challenging for them to rise up out of the situations they're in is because there's more powerful forces at work uh that are difficult to overcome that are keeping neighborhoods like that down um got it you know i, I think we've we've seen some of that in um i you know we've, we've seen some of that in some of the movies that we've done you know just lately over the last year
0: or so yes yeah and and that's where I, I, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. I keep saying the same thing, but that's where, when they do that in movies like this, like you said, from it's too many different things. Like I, I just get jammed up on, okay, what am I, what story am I watching here? And I mean, is this really a story or is this just kind of a setting? Like I, you know, they, they seem to the issues that you just spoke of, they give superficial kind of nod to that, but, the movie doesn't, is the movie really about that? Mm -hmm. Or is the movie just about hacker slasher people living in the wells and zombies? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the thing. And then sometimes you might watch a hacker slasher zombie movie and it's like, is it really about that? Mm -hmm. No, not really. It's really about the fact that, and you bring up all the social commentary, but that to me, what was brought up in this one wasn't much more than a very superficial level of kind of giving a nod to it. It was more of a, well, this is just what we're going to use as the setting as opposed to an actual story about it. And as, as I'm saying this, I'm kind of cringing because I'm probably being a lot more harsh than I intend to be and, and all that. But it's just like I, I didn't, I, I kept searching about, I, I didn't get much more out of it than just, okay, this is just kind of a chase through a house of f- scares and, thrills and all this kind of stuff with different compartments and passageways. I mean, that's what this thing is about Mm -hmm. was what was kind of said to me, I I don't by the movie, but I I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe I missed something. Yeah. I mean, I hear what you're saying and I saw it. I I just didn't see that as the main focal point. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was when I started watching the movie, uh, the few things that I kept thinking about were because I really didn't know much about the movie. I, I was trying to keep as many spoilers as possible before watching it. Um, right. I was trying to keep those away. Um, but what I did know about the movie and the whole idea of there being kind of the, the incestuous relationship with the brother and the sister, um, there being like the people under the stairs being trapped in the walls and things like that. Um, it kind of reminded me of, uh, did you ever watch the X-Files? I did not. Okay. There was, uh, oh, let me make sure I'm getting the right episode. Um, I want to say, let's see, is this the one I'm thinking of? Yes. So it's, the episode is called Home. And this is probably one of the probably one of the most notorious episodes of the X Files. Um, what's that?
0: I said, "Ooh."
1: Oh yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Actually, it was uh, there was a thing. I was I was looking it up here real quick. Um, home was the okay. So this is around the time when they were first introducing the TV rating system. So they had just started, um, yeah, they had just started with like the TV MA, the like TV fourteen, that kind of stuff.
0: Okay. And what was the content that made this one over the top?
1: So this one, yeah, it actually was the first episode of X-Files to carry the TV MA rating and was the first episode of the X-Files to carry a viewer discretion warning for graphic content. Um, Oh no! It's it would be would be, um, that those actually those didn't come in place until like two months later after the episode was aired. So, um, I would imagine they probably did that, um, after the fact. But basically, this episode of the X Files, they are investigating a um, in this small town in Pennsylvania. Um, a woman gives birth to a, a baby that is malformed, um, and these three kind of deformed men uh, also bury this baby after it's born, and a corpse is found by some kids playing a baseball game in a field somewhere, and because of the deformities, uh, Fox Mulder and Dana Scully, uh, David Duchovny and Gillian Anderson, are called to investigate, and it's kind of this weird, I don't know, it's this very weird, very creepy episode um, about these three kind of, grotesquely deformed brothers um, and you find out that they have been they've been trying to expand their family let's say Um, and you I don't want to spoil anything if you're going to go watch it at some point but the uh, part of the way in which they're trying to expand their family uh, involves other members of their family that people didn't know existed
0: well that's wonderful
1: and it was very I remember it being kind of you know, especially watching this as, as a kid, I mean, a teenager, um, I was like, wow, this is um, it's kind of intense. <laughs> like, that, that escalated quickly.
0: Wasn't this supposed to be fun? I mean, maybe a little freaky, but wasn't this supposed to be fun? Well, yeah, I mean, the
1: X-Files was always a little, it had, it had moments of freaky. Um, but, I mean, this one in particular was, was fairly, it seemed like a fairly dark episode. Kind of a, a pretty twisted episode. Because it not only was it dark, but it was also kind of, it had moments of, like they, I remember they had like a, a classic car and they would play like the, this music from the 50s. And um, it just, it was always, of all the X-Files episodes I ever watched, and I think I've watched, I want to say I've watched the entire, the entire run of the show, um, that this is one of the ones that if you say X-Files... And if you asked me to tell you about one of the episodes, it would be this one. Like it's the one that I can remember the most out of all the ones that I've ever watched.
0: Wow. So it like stuck with you. So
1: it stuck with me. And there were aspects of this movie that made me think of that X-Files episode. That and the the brother running around with the, the leather suit on the whole time um, reminded me a little bit of the, do you ever watch, um, now I know you're not as much a, a horror fan but um, there was the TV show American Horror Story
0: I didn't know that one no
1: okay all right there's yeah there's a uh, there's the first season of that one has a a character in a similar uh, leather clad suit with a mask and lots of zippers Um, and uh, that was that was kind of similar as well but all this stuff actually came out after people under the stairs so it obviously this one came first but
0: Sure. I didn't quite get the leather suit in this one.
1: I think that was just kind of another way of showing how twisted he was.
0: Okay. I guess. Yeah. Now that I say it, I guess maybe I did get the suit. I just didn't want to just, you know, subconsciously admit that I got to it.
1: Yeah. That not only does he enjoy killing people, but he might enjoy other things as well.
0: I'm just saying, man, I don't know. I'm just saying, I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, so okay, so here's here's one of the interesting points. And this really gets at uh this really gets at, you know, Wes Craven's or what he says was his message with this movie. Um so we this this we can have this be our our, our commentary on the episode and uh, and then we'll take it from there and we can hop into our three questions if we don't have anything else. Um so Wes Craven said that uh he in in the blueberry commentary for this movie, he says that the house of is representing the whole of American society. Okay. So what he feels about the house and its inhabitants represents American society.
0: Issue one. Do you agree with that? Oh, is, is that it? I was kind of waiting for the rest. Uh, we're we're going to leave it at that for now. Okay. Here's my problem, John. I'm a simpleton. Mm-hmm. And I'm a fool. And I just, you kind of got to connect the dots for me more than that. Not you, John Reed, but yeah, I'm just yeah. like the house represents American society. Like, and, and I know this has come up in the court and I find it fascinating. This has come up within the course of the podcast. And I, I should just be quiet because I'm sure there's people out there that love the movie, nothing against it. I'm just saying, it's just not my thing. So, how does it represent American society? And if we need to represent American society, I just tell a story about whatever aspect of American society you're trying to tell. Do do you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. give me a movie like Boys in the Hood, or give me, I mean, that tells about American society and inequality and all that kind of thing. And it doesn't have like uh, a monster movie kind of interjected into it. it. so does it represent American society? I, in that there's a brother and sister, in, that you know, got the thing on and like keep killing people. Like I like in what sense is kind of my deal? Mm-hmm. But I'm a simpleton. I'm a fool. And feel free to explain it to me because, like I said, I'm just I'm just not getting it.
1: Well, they, so you, you can you can pull a line directly from the movie, not the stupid kind of fool, only the ignorant kind.
0: OK, well, I'll be I'll be the
1: stupid <laughs> one or the
0: ignorant one no, or whatever. And or both.
1: Not, and, and I'm not I'm not calling you ignorant, but um, no. I, so here's or, yeah, here's, I know. here's what I think. Here's what I think with this. Um, I think that because at some different times, um, you know, the, one of the lines that I kind of I think helped me connect the dots a little bit. In this movie was when Alice. So if that's the message, and I feel like I started to get that, the more that there were some comments about, uh, you know, when he says things like, "Also, um, oh, this is why there's there's no money in the ghetto," or when you get the idea of the the mom and dad are terrified of anybody who's got darker skin than them, um, and say some pretty racist stuff, and then you've got the the idea that they have, over the years, captured people and put them in the house and kept them there. Um, There's a point in the movie where Alice says that, um, you know, when you find out, like, how did these people get there? Like, what, they weren't just born down there. Um, And Alice uh, says something to the effect that, well, some of them saw things where they weren't supposed to. Um, She said, others, some saw things they weren't supposed to. Others heard too much. Others talked back. And so I think part of that is if you're looking at this movie as – or if you're looking at what Wes Craven says, if mommy and daddy are the um, – you know, if, if they're the ones that are in charge of the house and if the house is supposed to be the United States, then what I think Wes Craven is trying to say here is, is that mommy and daddy are the leaders. And while you would think this is a horror movie, they're really not that scary – they are kind of dumb. Um, they're, they're dumb. They're kind of dumb. They're kind of almost clownish. But that doesn't mean they're not dangerous. And so if I'm looking at that and if I'm trying to connect these dots, I'm thinking, all right, so what is, is, then what I'm guessing he's saying is the leaders of our country are kind of like clowns, but don't dismiss them as being unintelligent clowns. Because they can still do dangerous things and they still wield power to be able to ruin people's lives or to to make things better or to make things worse. Um, they have incredible power. So there's the leaders of your country. Um, the people of the country, as long as they're given food and flashlights, they're happy. Um, the people of the country have kind of been kept in place because – what was her quote again? They – Uh, They saw things they weren't supposed to. They heard too much or they talked back um, that the leaders are suppressing anybody who would rise up against the leader's control over things. Um, And as long as you give them flashlights and food or bread and circuses, um, then it keeps everybody happy. And the whole idea is, all right, well, let's, let's keep, let's keep other types of people out of the house or let's keep them down and we'll do what we can to influence it so that we can just spread out our territory and claim more places. So I, that's kind of, as I watched the movie, that's how I connected knowing, but I had to know first that that's kind of what he felt was the house was supposed to be America. um, That then that's how it branches out from there. If that makes sense.
0: Yeah. I I hear what you're saying. I, I, it's just, that always just feels backward to me. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like. Well, and, well, and, and, and I don't, I don't want to question the, the whole drama, so I'm pulling yeah. it back. I'm pulling that back. I'm not going to. If I say anymore, I'm going to sound like I'm criticizing it. And it's just, honest to God, I feel like it's just not my, not my bag. Go oh, ahead, yeah. I interrupted you. Sorry. No,
1: no, no, no. All, all I was going to say is, and then you've also got the kind of the interesting piece of the at least the mom. Um, you know, she uses a lot of kind of, I don't even want to say religious, I want to say kind of religious, kind of moral um, direction towards Alice, Mm -hmm. you know, in a lot of the same ways, I think sometimes leaders in our country, and I'm not even, I'm not talking, you know, either side of the aisle, I'm talking both of them, um, Mm -hmm. at different times, for different reasons, um, whether it's Democrat, Republican, or, you know, an owl, um, Mm -hmm. have used religion as a way to also try to give people direction Mm -hmm. or try to force people into something or manipulate people into something. And, and I think a Mm -hmm. lot of you see that from the mom is that a lot of her direction is, well, good girls don't do that. Bad girls will burn. Um, you know, you need to scrub yourself. You need to clean yourself. And because otherwise you're sinful. And So she's always saying stuff like that. Right. Um, and so I think that's that's just kind of another sign of it's another piece of Wes Craven saying, okay, well look, here's where you got to be careful of your leaders because um, they're kind of dumb, they're kind of crazy, they are powerful, they will use this kind of religious language against you. Um, so hey, America, if you don't want to, you want if you don't want to be a you know country that's actually decaying on the inside, looks okay on the outside, decaying on the inside. This is what you got to be aware of. Um, again, I'm not saying that's my opinion. I think I'm saying, what I'm saying is, I think based on what I've read and having seen the movie, I think that's where Wes Craven was trying to go with this.
0: Yeah, I can get it. I get it. I think part of the movie um, is about
1: people looking the other way. Like that there being all all kinds of problems and somehow over many, many decades somehow nobody has noticed what's going on in this house. Or nobody was willing to stand up and say hey, something terrible's going on.
0: Right. No, I hear it. I hear you.
1: So. That's all I got. I mean, that's is. that's what my if I was writing a, you know, film paper on it, that would be my film paper.
0: Yeah. I think, hey man, that works. That works.
1: All right. Do we, we got anything else under the stairs that we need to to pull out and shed some light on?
0: Uh no. No, you know, hopefully, hopefully we can get Dennis's opinion. Maybe he'll do a, you know, do the love line and stuff because I think yeah. he, he really liked it. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see if
1: he'll, he'll be able to call in for us. I know he wanted to, he was driving back from Wyoming, I think. Um, so he was going to see if he right. could, if he could call in or not. But um, yeah, I'm going to see if I can try to get him to, to call in and leave a voicemail or, or send me a recording. Cause I would, I'd really like to hear what he has to say. Cause it sounds like he probably saw this when it came out right yeah so right. i would i would be curious to know from the perspective of somebody who saw it in 91 um yeah i'd be curious to know kind of what his take on it was
0: yeah yeah and i mean he likes horror movies and so i you know maybe this one is compelling to him yeah all
1: right it's time for three questions time for
0: three questions he asks each traveler five questions Three seconds. Three seconds. What were they, cycles? We all go a little mad sometimes. Quid pro quo. I tell you things, you tell me things. I'm not interrupting anything, am I? You really look deep in thought. So, I'll ask you the questions and then we'll see, alright?
1: Very, very quickly. I, I actually meant to mention this on our last episode, and I totally forgot to, um, but I do want to mention it before October is done. We had done, a little while back, we had done our Silence of the Lambs episode with the Shirley Podcast guys, and, Oh yeah, uh, which was a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah. We did that one with Psycho and M. Um, mm-hmm. Great episode, so go back and check that one out if you haven't. But um, I was looking at something the other Actually, it was on Twitter. Um, the other day, and somebody had posted up a, a couple of different pictures, actually it was a, a few different photos, and it was all the different people who have played Hannibal Lecter. Oh, And their question was, who did it best? And I'm sitting there thinking, come on, this is one of those dumb internet questions where it's like there's one very clear answer, and people are just asking so that they can get their tweet, you know, followed by... Tons of millions of people. Um, but the interesting thing was, all of a sudden, I started reading people's comments, and they said, well, I love, I, I really love Anthony Hopkins, but Mads Mickelson did such a great job. And I was like, wait, hold on, what? Hmm. Like, hmm. I, I didn't even know he played, did, did he play Hannibal? Because I know there was like a preview, right? They're like a, a prequel movie. Okay. So I know there's a prequel movie. And I was like, "What was, was he in that one, or was he?" I had completely forgotten that there had been a Hannibal uh, TV show. Huh. So they had done, and I'm trying to remember exactly when. Um, let's see, the TV series. I was going so to look it up here real fast. Uh, the TV series was it had three seasons, and it premiered in 2013. Yeah, so it was 2013, 2014, 2015 and okay. then they yeah, they canceled it in 2015. So but then people started commenting and they're like, "Well, Anthony Hopkins is amazing and he is always the, you know, the originator of the role and he's so great and so creepy. But Mads Mikkelsen like really gave that character depth and really did this." And I'm like, "I mean, I like Mads Mikkelsen. I mean, he's he's been in some stuff I've enjoyed watching and but um yeah, I don't know. I I don't. I mean, Anthony Hopkins is just—he is, he is. Hannibal Lecter. How do how do you do? It? So, what I decided to do is uh, when I wasn't feeling well this last weekend, I was like, all right, well, I got some time to to watch some stuff, I guess. Um, so I started watching the Hannibal. I think it's on Hulu. I started watching the first season, and dang, if that's not a good show! Awesome. I mean, it's got it, it's got some it's got some pretty. Grotesque stuff because I mean they are tracking down. Um, <clears throat> the premise of it is that um, Hannibal Lecter has not been outed as a cannibal yet, so he's he's still kind of doing his stuff in secret. Okay. So he's still kind of doing his stuff in secret, but he's also helping the FBI track down other killers. Um, oh. and, and, Mads Mikkelsen, who, I mean, you, you've seen him in several things. He played La Chiffre in Casino Royale,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, you know, and he's been in a whole bunch of other stuff too. Yeah, he, uh, he was in Rogue One. He was Galen Erso in Rogue One. One.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: Yep. he was the villain in Dr. Strange, you know, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so I'm watching, I'm watching this show and I'm like, dang, he is a good Hannibal Lecter. All right, I might have to watch the rest cool. of the show and then reevaluate because <laughs> Anthony Hopkins is great, but I'm like, okay, he's actually pretty good too. So I nice. started, started to question myself a little bit. So if you ever actually end up going to look for it, it's on Hulu. Um, but it is kind of depending on your your level of wanting to see you know people sliced up and things like that, then just be aware of that.
0: That's right. It's nice. A, it's a
1: show that you wouldn't want to. I mean, nothing any different than what we've seen in like uh, Ash versus Evil Dead.
0: Yes. But it's okay. probably It's probably not a
1: show that you're going to want to watch while you're having
0: dinner. Got it. Good. Understood. <clears throat> we'll put it that way. That's good to know.
1: OK, well, so this so this movie featured a creepy house um, and, mm-hmm. and talk of landlords and things like that. Question number one, do you have any good first apartment stories?
0: Oh, do I not have any good first apartment stories? Oh, Are tell, there any? Then, tell me one. How much? T- how much time do we have with I, the apartment? I, give me one story. One story. What's your favorite? Ah, uh, John. One story. One story. That's my favorite. I, my gosh, just so much happened in our college apartment. I mean, there was the day the PlayStation Two came out and my roommate got it. There was the day that. You know, there was the day we graduated from college and threw a party and like lived out the reality of you got to be careful when you have a party because, you know, what happens is, well, you know, they always say in high school, don't throw a party at your folks house when they're gone because like you'll invite four people, but they'll all invite four people. And then it just grows out of hand. And that was one of the things they always told us. like, And and they
1: tell two friends and they tell two Mm -hmm. friends and so on and so on
0: yeah and so, like we invited everybody to our apartment, and our apartment was approximately oh, I don't know, like our apartment was approximately the size of oh man, counting the bathrooms in the kitchen and the whole thing three three people live there. I'm trying to compare it, maybe the size of a classroom. No, it wasn't, it wasn't that big. No, it was about that big. Like if you divided that into like multiple rooms, because there were three bedrooms, there was a living room, a kitchen, and a bathroom. So imagine like a standard square footage of like a school classroom. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and it was an upstairs, an apartment. We knew the people that lived downstairs and the, and we threw a party and we invited everybody. We're like, we're throwing a party tonight. And then they told everybody. And not only did our, everybody showed up, everybody else's everybody showed up. And then my part, and then like party just got packed with people and we're like walking around all of a sudden I'm like, man, I don't know. Most of the people like that are in my living room right now. And it's like, I, I mean, there must've been three or 400 people in our apartment. Okay. So I'm going to let you like, let those numbers sink in for a little bit. Like, square footage size and our, and it was like upstairs. And at this point I'm like, I think the floor is going to give out and this isn't good. And, you know, well, no, I wasn't thinking this isn't good, but like in the in the back of my mind, you always hear about those like floor collapse. It's like, uh-huh. I don't know what the structural integrity is. And I mean, there's more people. And then all of a sudden there's a bunch of people in tuxedos and I'm like, well, hey and they're like hey and i was like man you guys having a good time and they're like yeah and i'm like uh well that's great how'd you hear about the party and they're like well because we were in eau claire wisconsin yeah. and they're like well we play in the lacrosse symphony and at rehearsal tonight or no it was after our performance tonight and they mentioned my good friend who uh, plays in the bass section and uh it was funny they're like yeah Eric made the announcement after we got off stage and they said, Hey, my buddy Pat and his roommates are given a graduation party tonight. Let's all go up to that. So the entire lacrosse symphony showed up um, after their performance. So like, and they was like, yeah, so that's what, uh, you know, Eric mentioned. I got to find the guy whose place this is. Uh, this is, this is a fun party. So it was like, literally just got more and more and more out of hand. And we had already moved out because our lease was up. And like, so all our stuff was out and then I was going to finish up the year student teaching, uh, even though I graduated and I was going to stay at friends' houses and all this kind of thing. And so like that, the party got out of hand and yeah, the next morning, like I woke up under like a pile of rubbish and it wasn't like garbage, kind of rubbish, but just, uh, you know, various you know, chips, bags, and bottles and you have it and refuse and all this kind of stuff. Um, like I said, not like like half it wasn't like half eaten food, but uh well so you yeah have, just you. Kind have, of,
1: you had fancy people at your party because you had the you had the symphony there. Um and so you, well, at your party well, you would refer to that as Detritus.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's see, there you go. That's your that's there your you go. that's your
1: twenty dollar word for the kind of waste that you would have at your party since you yeah, had, I, since you had fancy people in tuxedos there
0: yeah I think so and then that that yeah like I said that party got out of hand and uh, someone at some point thought it was a good idea since we had gotten rid of all our lamps because you know to light candles and that it, it that was in fact not a good idea um, nothing caught on fire thankfully but like some of the candles were like melted down and the wax was all in the carpet and it was just a it was just a heck of a party, but yeah, that was kind of the, I don't know. Maybe is that the best story that happened at the apartment? I don't know. I mean, it sounds pretty good. Yeah. That one's a pretty good one. I mean, but that seems, that seems to be like right in line. There's some good sleepwalk cause I sleepwalk, mm-hmm. you know, there were some good sleepwalking ones. Um, oh man, there was so many good stories of that apartment. Most of my, my, my mom refused to come inside, uh, when she'd come visit, Mm -hmm. they never had to worry about Tammy coming to visit because she refused to come inside the apartment. (laughs) Um, she crashed with the girls downstairs who were all good friends, but she's like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going in there. Mm. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it was, uh, I mean, it really, it was pretty close to animal house. Okay. It was pretty close but but it's not like we would throw wild parties. But we did throw wild parties. Well just did. the one. Yeah. But they, were, and then they across- were they were
1: in actual tuxedos, not tuxedo t-shirts.
0: Yeah, that's right. Okay. And then there was the one time I was sitting on my porch and all of a sudden I heard this whine and this pop next to my head and all of a sudden you smell that sulfur. And I'm like, "What the What the heck am I looking at?" And my buddy was across the street. And I'm like, "Uh, what are you doing?" He says, "I'm launching bottle rockets." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "All right, man. Well, can you aim it the other way? I think one, like, it's getting pretty close. And all of a sudden he goes, as one shoots off and goes right by me, he goes, yeah, I know, I'm trying to hit you. And he's laughing hysterically as he says it. I know, I'm trying to hit you. And so I had to, like, take cover behind the, like, thing and get out of the way. And he's launching bottle rockets across the street and all that kind of stuff. And it was like, man, you know. So things things escalated quickly at, at that apartment. hmm <sighs> yeah, right. oh, I miss that old apartment. That was a good time. Yeah. That was a good time. I remember some friends at their apartment, they set up a video camera in the corner. Well, like during, and they just videoed, what was that? During a party? or? No, they just said, we're just going to videotape our living room. Okay. Oh. And for the first couple of days, everyone remembered that the camera was there. So, you know, they do funny stuff for the camera. It was ha ha ha. Yeah. And then after about a week, everyone forgot the camera was there. And then some really interesting stuff turned up, especially when they would throw parties.
1: Big fans of the real world.
0: It it was better than any episode of the real world. I'll tell you that, man. It was just like, I mean, you know, I'm just like, dang. Now we're all living that reality because everyone's got a camera, right? right. but, ah, yes, man, that was back in the day, back before cell phones. Mm that yeah, was a good time
1: well my story's not as interesting as yours my first uh i'm I'm trying to even think back to trying to think back to that first apartment um i some of my stories are more along the lines of first roommate and
0: oh tell uh, those roommate how, stories
1: how we did not quite get along very well um no I, I a couple of well one of the things that I remember is um we were we had we'd kind of talked. Like, all right, well, let's go, you know, we'll go half and half on the groceries. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, so we'll, you know, whatever, whatever I buy, you know, you pay for half of it or, or we'll do that. And so he kind of refused to go buy any groceries. Go oh, good. His, uh, I think his dad had bought him a rice cooker. And so the only thing he would ever go buy is um, a, he, he bought like a huge bag of rice. And I want to say he found some, uh, some, some. Uh, Asian grocery store that was in town and he got this giant bag of rice for I, who like some ridiculously low amount of money um, he bought that and he bought some like um, like uh, oh, like uh, a powder that was like a chicken flavor and then, <sighs> and that's all he would eat he'd only eat rice oh okay and I was like well we I mean we I, gotta buy some other stuff too like we should probably have some fruits and vegetables and it, nope this is all I'm doing So I've paid for my part. Okay. I see. (laughs) Like, well, it probably would be helpful to get some healthier stuff. And um, so, no. So the only thing that he would really ever invest in was rice, and he really loved Bacardi O. (laughs) Okay. So he kept a lot of Bacardi O. In fact, at one point in time, I want to say he went out and bought like four bottles, four fifths Mm -hmm. of Bacardi O. Um, and Mm -hmm. and those were kept being chilled, uh, in the refrigerator. Um, and that was pretty much it. And, uh, the, the other thing, and I'm sure there were plenty of things that I did that got on his nerves as well. But, uh, the other thing was he, for some reason, and maybe it was just to get on my nerves, um, he was really, really into smashing pumpkins at the time. Okay, And he would play like the same three songs on repeat all the time. And Pat, when I say all the time, I don't just mean, you know, for like an hour or two every few days or so. No, he pretty much had the same three Smashing Pumpkins songs on repeat nonstop for weeks at a time.
0: Oh, great.
1: And it drove me nuts and it was one of the first Mm -hmm. times that i ever paid more than i ever thought i would for a pair of headphones so that i wouldn't have to listen to his music Mm -hmm. so yes so it was uh what we thought was going to be a pretty good roommate relationship did not turn out that way so yeah first that first apartment not not so great yeah had a great location but um you know it was right it was right on the campus it was really convenient to get to all the places we want to get to within walking distance of everything. Um, But yeah, I just, yeah. The, the roommate situation was not great. Yeah. I mean, we're not talking, we're not not talking like people under the stairs bad, but.
0: Well, there was some of that, you know, there was some of that. Yeah. A little bit of that. Jeez. um, I'm trying to, I remember the first lease. I think we, what was I, I think one, three, I think it was like four fifty a month.
1: I was going to ask, what do you remember what you paid for?
0: All three of us together was four fifty a month. I okay. think we each pay. I think it was like one hundred and fifty a month. Yeah. <laughs> per person. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I I want to say for ours it was, let's see, because it was I mean it was a pretty decent sized apartment, um, mm-hmm. and for the two of us, I want to say we were each paying three thirty a month
0: okay yeah okay we were paying
1: 330 a month it was like a was a third floor uh, apartment it had like a, a pretty nice sized living room area um, then it had a fairly decent sized kitchen and then it had our two rooms and our two rooms were probably I don't know maybe like 12 by 12 maybe mm-hmm. that's pretty mm-hmm. decent pretty decent sized bedrooms we had a balcony that looked out onto one of the, like the main streets in town and um, actually that and that was one of the less expensive Apartments that was close to the campus.
0: Okay, so okay, all
1: right, I'll I'll do that. Um, Yeah, so yeah, no, that wasn't actually too bad. The my next apartment after that was for a one bedroom apartment. It was actually a pretty decent sized one bedroom apartment in a much older building, and I think that was something like four fifty a month. But yeah, so, and and now I've like, on occasion, I will take a look at what some of the prices are for, uh, for rent in those apartments now. And I'm like, Oh, good Lord.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) All right. I hope my kids enjoy, I might homeschool them for college.
0: Yeah. 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 That stuff gets, that stuff gets crazy. Kids, when you're ready for college, um, we're going to,
1: we're going to homeschool you for college, but daddy's getting a PlayStation six.
0: Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. All right, if you could build a secret room
1: in your house, Pat, what would you build?
0: Oh, I I don't know. I'd, I'd build, like, a basement area and just, you know, I, I mean, um, I'd probably build, like, a subterranean, like, garage slash race course. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just, you know, nothing too elaborate. It doesn't need to be, like, some eight-mile track, but just, you know, a couple of good uh, a couple of good turns and some some different stuff and plenty of runoff area and uh you know I'd uh I'd uh, you know just be able to bring my bike down there and tear around yeah. you know what I'm saying oh yeah yeah that's what I think that's what I build
1: I'm probably doing a movie theater
0: yeah yeah you are yeah I'm doing a movie theater
1: because I have the, cool. I mean, I've, got, I've got set up down here. I don't have it set up right now, but I had uh, a a older projector was uh, was donated to me, and so then mm-hmm. I went and got a big screen. So I did set it up a couple weeks ago, just to test everything out. So I got these little speakers that came with the projector. Um, so eventually I might get some better speakers and things like that. And part of the projector, there are some little like spots i think it might need to be cleaned on the inside of it but there's some little spots in the corner of the screen so it's not like a perfectly you know clean image but um i bought this big screen that i can hang up from the ceiling and so i put on star wars and i was like nice all right this is pretty sweet
0: nice i have a
1: little chair down here i I sat in my chair i turned off all the lights i put star wars on i was like okay I, i now have like a little mini theater in my basement and i'm pretty happy about that
0: Nice. So that's what I would.
1: I would would put together a little, uh, little secret movie theater.
0: It's awesome. It's awesome.
1: Nice leather reclining seats, and
0: yeah, you would. Yeah. Yeah.
1: All right. Question three. Um, So this this kind of uh, this kind of tells you where these questions ranked when I asked my family as well. Uh, We uh, we were having lunch, and normally I will try to share the three questions with my family just to kind of see what their responses are. And <clears throat> so, uh, my son today, who is a freshman in high school, uh, mm-hmm. was, was in kind of like full on whatever mode
0: mm-hmm. and,
1: uh, I was like, Hey, how's your day been so far? <laughs> oh, whatever. <laughs> All right. What, what have you done? Cause they didn't have school today. Um, I was like, what'd you do today? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Okay. Did you, you sleep in a little bit? I don't know. <clears throat> Okay, cool. Of course, his sister is like sitting next to like she's still talking. I had asked her the question Mm -hmm. ten minutes ago, and she's still talking. Um, And so I'm asking these questions. I'm like, um, I'm like, hey, buddy, if you could build a secret room in the house, like, what would you want to build? I don't know. (laughs) Nothing. No room for you. Okay, fine. And so finally I get to this question, and I'm like, okay, question three. And I look right at him, and I go, you know what? The other questions did not get your attention. This one I know will. So question mm-hmm. three, if you needed to destroy a house, how would you bring it down? And he looked like he finally looks up at me, and he just mm-hmm. smiles. And I'm like, okay, right. I knew that one was going to get you. So if you had to destroy a house, how would you de-? And then he's like, oh, okay, well, like um, – Like,
0: let me break it down for you. Let me break it down for you. Yeah. He's
1: like, What's that kind of bomb that's like stronger than the atomic bomb? Like the hydrogen bomb? He's like, Yeah, that might be it. I don't remember if that's what it's called, but like, yeah, I think it's like, but it's like, it's like an atomic bomb, but it's like bigger. And I was like, Yeah, I think it's, you're talking about the hydrogen bomb. He's like, I'll look it up. He pulls it up on his phone (laughs) and he's like, Shows me a picture of it. I was like, Yeah, 1961 is hydrogen bomb. He's like, Yeah, yeah, I would use that. And I said, Well, the premise of the question is you only need to destroy a house. Yeah. I was like yep mm-hmm. yep, but I I want to go I want to take the whole city. Right. <laughs> That's oh. awesome. All right, cool. All right. All right, good talk. Good, good talk. talk. Good uh glad glad we had this uh chance to bond a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um <clears throat> I'm going to sleep with one eye open now. <clears throat> yeah, no kidding. Gripping my pillow tight. Um so Patrick, if you needed to destroy a house, how would you want to bring it down?
0: How would I destroy a house? Well, I'd go creative, but I think your son already went that route. I I'd just say, uh, you know, I mean, the, the old wrecking ball, you know, the drive a bulldozer through it, something like that. I think, I think that would be the most satisfying.
1: You and I are on the same wavelength then.
0: Okay. I mean, unless, unless we could go like something, what's the most, ecologically like removing things one at a time to make sure all the things that could be recycled recycled the things that, do you know what i'm saying like whatever's yeah. going to be the least wasteful and if there was a way to like drive a wrecking ball or drive a wrecking ball you know send a wrecking ball through it or drive a bulldozer through it then recycle everything and do whatsoever is most ecologically responsible mm-hmm. i guess i would take that option but
1: okay.
0: yeah, i think the old bulldozer thing okay. you're we're Paige, talk to me. What are you thinking?
1: Well, mine was, if there was a way that you could set, because I wanted to do the whole wrecking ball thing, um, but I wanted it to look spectacular when it happens. So my thought was, if you could set off a, some kind of like a liquid nitrogen bomb on the inside of the house so that the whole thing kind of flash freezes in an instant, uh, and then you take your wrecking ball, and then you just smash mm-hmm. your wrecking ball, this whole thing just shatters like glass, I think, I think that would be excellent. Okay. Now, I did add the caveat. When we, when we were talking about this over lunch, I did add the caveat. I did say, you know, and since I'm coming in on a wrecking ball, I think I should be riding the wrecking ball on my underwear, uh, all in my underwear, just like Miley Cyrus did, and I can be singing the song while the wrecking ball is going through the house and shattering it, to which my daughter looked terrified and said, no, thank you. And I said, okay, what if, I, if I'm not just wearing my underwear? What if I'm wearing my kilt? And she's like, no, that's even worse. <laughs> and I said, yeah, but, but I'm wearing a kill I don't think you understand what the word worse means. Hmm. So, so, I mean, I guess I'll have to forego the whole Miley Cyrus reenactment, but yeah, I'll do the wrecking ball. Yeah, that I mean, works. Her idea was kind of fun. She's like, I would find some really hungry termites and just let them go at it. And it would just be like a really slow thing and it would just be totally destroyed. I'm like, okay, <laughs> fair enough.
0: All right, that works.
1: And then Sharon, who loves, you know, who loves houses and and doesn't want anything bad to happen to them. She's like, well, if I had to, I guess I would just let there be a sinkhole or some quicksand and then it could just go away. So I never have to see that it got torn down. Like, okay, that makes sense. Hmm. Or you can go Hmm. the route of my teenage son who wants to drop a hydrogen bomb on everything. Yeah, there you go. Just take
0: take care of it. Oh, to be 14. I want to level all the houses yeah.
1: <laughs> when you absolutely positively must destroy every house in the neighborhood, except no substitutes.
0: Hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Pat, do you, do you feel like we've effectively cleaned out under the stairs?
0: I think we've cleaned out underneath the stairs. We've unpacked it. Talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Like fun, like- fun movie. I'll recommend it if you like horror movies and creepy movies and check it out.
1: Movies with some social commentary.
0: Sure thing, man. Well,
1: so that's going to do it for this episode. Uh, Yeah, if you want to check out uh, The People Under the Stairs, it is a, yeah, if you like Wes Craven movies, I think it's a a pretty good example of Wes Craven films. Um, And uh, it's got some trademark Wes, let's try saying his name correctly. It's got some trademark Wes Craven uh, bits and bobs to it. Uh, Plenty of good slasher moments. Um, And some uh, fairly Quirky but devious and twisted uh, protagonists. So uh, there, there are some moments where our, not protagonist, antagonist. Um, there are some moments where the uh, mommy and daddy uh, do pull some little, um, almost like Freddy Krueger kind of one liners. Um, oh yeah so got some got some similarities there so yeah go check it out if you're a west craven fan and you haven't seen this one yet go check it out um and it is interesting too because it does have you know i think some social commentary messages to it that you wouldn't expect to see in a early 90s horror movie um so mm. you know, for that piece alone i think it's at least at least worth one watch all right In Hell the yeah. meantime, yeah. yeah so in the meantime head over to our website 30podcast.com at 30podcast on the different social media outlets. Um, What else we got? We are members of the Scene Stealers podcast network. Lots of other shows there as well. Go check them out. SceneStealersGlobal.com. Our next episodes we've got coming up. uh, Our Patreon for November is favorite TV shows of 1991. We've got Defending Your Life, What About Bob, The Doors, and The Fisher King. We've also got It's a Wonderful Life, as our Patreon episode in December, then Night on Earth, The Giver, My Own Private Idaho, Homicide, and City Slickers. So finishing the year out with a bang. Um, And then I think I said before, one of our first episodes of January of 2022 is going to be Lethal Weapon 3. So we got that one coming up in January. Patrick. All right, man. Thank you as always. Always fun to talk movies with you.
0: John, always great to talk with you. Great time.
1: Everybody, that's it for our, uh, our month of October, our horror movies. So a little bittersweet, but, uh, you know, once this episode gets released, I think we're just a few days away from Halloween. So um, if you're going out and trick-or-treating, do so do so carefully and safely and responsibly. Uh, but enjoy yourselves, and in the meantime, be excellent to each other. Go watch some scary movies, and we will see you back here next time.